Hi, I'm Jonathan Del Turco, the lead pastor of International Family Church. Thank you for joining us. Now here's today's message. Are you ready to receive God's word? Come on, let's pray. Let's believe God together. Father, thank you for this great opportunity we have to open up this amazing book today. Here we're going to find answers to what we're going through, the things that overwhelm us, the things that concerns us, the things that produce fear and anxiety in our lives. Thank you that what we're about to hear, Lord, gives us answers. Lord, we've been searching for answers. We've been looking for the solutions. And we thank you, Father God, that in your presence and as we open up your word today, that we find those answers. You give us practical solutions so we can learn them here in the sanctuary and take them with us, Lord, outside these double doors so that we can live life on a, on a level of victory and freedom for your honor and for your glory. We thank you for bringing your word across with clarity, with accuracy, and simplicity so we can immediately apply it to our lives. We thank you for it. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Welcome today. This is part three in our six-part series entitled One Month to Live. One Month to Live is a unique series, and it's unique in the fact that we are challenging you that if you only had one month to live, how would you live? What would you do? And it's unique also in the fact that we are actually, many of us, reading the book One Month to Live, not something we normally do, but it's a great book, and it's a, a book that really challenges us on a daily basis, almost like a devotional. Um, tomorrow starts chapter three, so you can still join us and be a part with us today. But it's taking it from the aspect of if you only had, if you lived the next 30 days like they were your last 30 days, what would be different? What would be different? Which begs the question then, what are we waiting for? Why don't we do it now? That's the premise of this series, is it really evokes in us some real priority and, and helps us to see life as it really is. We remind you every week, this is not a series about dying or death. It's a series about living and life. Living life, making choices that we can live life on another level of meaning and fulfillment. Two weeks ago, we introduced the subject by talking about living the dash. That little dash between our birth dates and our eventual death date, but that dash has so much potential, it tells our story, and we want that dash to represent us well. Last week, we talked about the first part, the first major uh, four parts of the book, the principles on how to live life like we've never lived before, um, live passionately, love completely, learn humbly, and leave boldly. So today we're going to be talking about the second point on love completely. Last week was a great week because we opened the door to help you understand passion, how important that is. If you missed the first two weeks, I'd encourage you to get online at intlfamilychurch.com. Go to the media section all of our messages are archived. They're there for you to listen to as often as you would like. If you have your Bible, 2 John chapter 1, uh, or your favorite digital device, you can follow along on the screen. Here's our opening scripture today. How many are glad you're in church today? I'm so glad you're here. So glad you're here. I'm so excited about the Word of God you're about to hear. I believe it'll be a great blessing to you. It's going to help you. How many came to get some help? Yeah, I, absolutely. That's a good reason to come to church, right? 
um, to see friends and family and get some help. Glory to God. For 2 John 1 verse 6 says, And love means living the way God commanded us to live. As you have heard from the beginning, His command is this, Live a life of love. Say it with me. Live a life of love. One more time. Now, here's our big takeaway. Here's the one main point I want you to go home with. If anything, of all the things I say, this is the one that we're going to emphasize the most. It says this, the day you stop loving is the day you stop living. It's life is all about love. Let's unpack this. Let's make this real to you today. Make it something practical and give you something that, that will make sense in every area of your life today. The Bible tells us that God is love, right? God is love. He's not trying to walk in love. He's not working hard to become uh, uh, love. He is love. He is the essence of love. It is the nature of Christ. It is His person. It is who He is. He eats, drinks, and sleeps. Everything about Him, cut Him up. It's all love. He's not working at it. He's not trying like we do, he is love. Now, it's very important, and the reason why I bring that up is because of that, because God is love, then the most important lesson I submit to you, that the most important lesson he wants you to learn while you're on earth is how to love. It's how to love. We're not born knowing how to love. In fact, there are many things that come against us to cause us not to want to love. More times than not, there are issues in your life right now that have all been designed to gang up on you so that you do not do what God wants you to do or learn while you live here on planet Earth. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 3 says, No matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Amen. That's why love needs to be our top priority, our number one mandate, our primary objective, our greatest ambition. Amen. Love is not a good part of life. Love is the most important part of life. And please get that. Please don't let that go over your head today. Please say, yeah, 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 love, love, love. Um, no, you need to understand this to where we're going today. You really need to pay attention and let these amazing truths sink into our heart today. That's why love should be our top priority. So 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, let love be your highest goal. If you're not loving, you're not living. If you're not loving, you're not living. Now we've all heard of the Ten Commandments. Four of the Ten Commandments are about our relationship with God. The other six are all about our relationship with people. So the Ten Commandments were all about relationships. We're all about making sure that relationships are healthy, making sure that we understand how God puts a top priority on our relationships. Jesus summarized what mattered to God most in these two statements found in Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
You want to know what the bottom line of the Bible is? Wouldn't it be great to have the cliff notes of the Bible, right? The short version, um, the bottom line. I'm a, I'm a bottom line person. I kind of lead wanting to know my bottom line. Uh, I don't like getting caught up in all the minutia of how to get something done. I just want to know, can we do it? Can we afford it? And when do we start, right? So I'm a bottom line kind of person. And the bottom line of the Bible is love God, love people. From Genesis to Revelation, that's the message. That's what's trying to get across. That's the, the message that God is trying to get to us, that the two most important messages that you need to really get and understand is love God and love others. Listen very carefully. Every issue you will ever run into in your life. That's right. I said every issue. Every issue you will ever run into in life falls under that category, love God, or love people, right? You're either having issues right now with your relationship with God, or you're having issues right now with your relationship with people, or both, right? I mean, that's what it boils down to. Either you're having a great time with God, or you and God will have issues, right? Or you're having a great time with people, or you and people have issues. Maybe not every people, not every person, but, but there are certain people, or both can go on at the same time. Love God, love others. Oftentimes, we act like relationships are something we can just squeeze in to a very busy, overwhelmed schedule, right? We, 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 we say things like, I need to find time for my family, or I need to make time for my children, or I need to make time for God, or, or take some time for church, like as if all those things were like uh, on the list of many of your tasks that you have to do. God says relationships are what life is all about. Not achievements, not the acquisition of things. Relationships are what matter most. So if you knew you had 30 days to live, relationships would suddenly be the most important part of what you'd be thinking about. Relationships, people, are they going to be okay? I, I want to make sure we're all right. I want to make sure that we're, we're, we're all on the same page. I want to make sure that I love those that need to be loved and tell those that I'm proud of them that need to hear it. And or who needs to hear it from me? I'm sorry. Forgive me. It becomes such a top priority. In Genesis, when God created man, God himself said, it's not good for man to be alone. It was all about relationships. We were created for relationships. We're designed to be relational beings. We yearn to belong. We yearn to have a tribe. We learn to have a family. We yearn to have a people. Look around today, because if you're a, a partner of International Family Church, these are your people. Oh, my people, right? <laughs> these are your people. So look around, man. They're all shapes and sizes and colors and backgrounds. These are your people. This is your tribe. These are your company. Amen. God made that way on purpose, and you need to understand how true that really is today because God made us in his image. Amen. Now, listen very carefully. I said all that to say this. If you were the devil... I know that's hard to believe, but if you were the devil and you knew what I just said, right, what God's point, God's plan, God's purpose, if you were the devil and you knew that, man, 10 of the commandments are all about relationships, what would you be doing? You'd be separating. You'd be dividing. You'd be making it very hard. 
You'll be making sure people get in, in, in someone's life that destroys their self-esteem or makes choices or others make choices on your behalf that, that kind of blow your mind and think, what? How can human beings live like this, especially people that we once loved each other? We had children together. We, we, we created things together. We, we had dreams together. We did certain things together. Amen. And that's exactly what the devil did. Ever since Adam and Eve disobeyed God and allowed sin to come into the world, relationships have never been the same since. And what's the core of that sin? What was the core of that separation? Selfishness. I want to do my thing. I want to call the shots. I want to be the boss. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. And ever since, we've been making life all about us. The greatest day of your life is when you decide to get you out of the center of your universe. Yes, that's a great day. It's a great day when you finally realize, wait a minute, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here in the middle of all this. I shouldn't be the one calling the shots. I know God belongs here. Jesus as my Lord and Savior belong here. God's word as my final authority need to be in the center of my world, not me. When you're the center of your world, nothing works right. You got to work extra hard even to, to make certain things seem like they're in better shape. And, and we work hard when we're the center. We're the ones making the, uh, the hustle. We're the ones working all the, all the angles and, and making sure that we have all of our ducks in a row. And while, yes, we should work hard and yes, we should do our best to have our lives in order, it just doesn't work when you're in the middle of it. It didn't work in a garden and it's not going to work in your garden. Yeah, glad somebody's here enjoying themselves today. Here, here's the truth of the matter. Life is all about love. And love is living for the benefit of others. I, I wrote it down. It's simple, but I want you to see it with your own eyes. Life is all about love, and love is living for the benefit of others. Are you living for the benefit of others? Or are you living for your benefit? It's a big difference. You know the difference. It's very hard to be friends with someone who's living for their benefit. It's very hard to be married to someone who's living for their benefit. It's very hard to, to, to extend yourself and work hard for somebody that's only for their benefit. It's very difficult to go to a church where all that church is all about the benefit of, of the people in charge of that church. I don't want to go to a church like that. It's all about the pastor, and it's all about the, the, the staff, and it's all about like they had, they're the fourth part of the Godhead. I tell people all the time, I am not the fourth part of the Godhead. Quit treating me like that. I'm just like you. I just have a different assignment than you do. I put my pants on the same way you do. I even use deodorant, believe it or not. I brush my teeth several times a day, right? I, I, gotta, I live my life just like you. I don't have a 1-800 number to God. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, we'd all like that. I, I got to pray like you do. I got to believe like you do. I, I go to the store. I, 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 I got I to gotta buy new socks, right? Come on, I'm just like you. Amen. And so we have to understand that we can't live for the benefit of ourselves. And the good news is for us that, that who were once lost in sin God's love purchased our freedom so that we could live again. 
Now, I'm taking my time before I get to my first point because I'm laying foundation here. I'm laying out a case for you today. John 3, 16 through 17 says this. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why. So that no one need be destroyed by believing, be destroyed, but by believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it is. He came to help, to put the world right again. Amen. That's good news today. Now, where the first Adam blew it, the last Adam, now he was not the second Adam, because then there might be a third, he was the last Adam. Where the first Adam blew it, the last Adam didn't blow it, thank God. Amen. When he died on that cross and shed his blood, everything that was out of order became right again. Amen. Amen. Everything that was messed up because we were the center of our world and man wanted to do it his way, God put it all back together again because of Jesus. A ransom was paid. He suffered and died on that cross. What amazing love that is. And because of his love, we can each have the opportunity to what? Enjoy life and live again. To enjoy life and live again. That's the purpose of 30 days to live. Because perhaps you're dying and don't even know it. Perhaps you're dying and you don't even know it. I'm not talking about a disease. I'm talking about life. I'm talking about a hurt and a burden. I'm talking about the challenge of life. And this is meant to wake us up and, and don't die before your time. I said, don't die before your time. Tell your neighbor, don't die before your time. Oh, hear his heart today. Hear what he's saying to you today. Amen. Now, that would, that'd be great if that's all there was. If that's what the word ended... It'd still be amazing, but there's more. Say there's more. All this love, all this demonstration of love, God makes sure that he poured it all into the heart of a child of God. This love lives in you. It's not just him loving us. He says, you know what? I know you can't do this by yourself. I know you can't make the most of your life every day by yourself. I know there are certain people that are, you know, extra grace required. They're ERG people. You got any ERG people in your life where there's extra grace required, EGR rather, right? Yeah, there's, you know, that's the code around here. When you, you're talking to somebody and you look at somebody, you go, yeah, ERG, right? Uh, EGR, I get my initials right. Extra grace required. We've all been there. We've got folks like that. God knows. Man, it's going to be hard to love that ex-husband, or it's going to be hard to love that ex-wife. It's going to be hard to love that, that pastor that did you wrong, or, or that person, that friend that you thought was your buddy, and they stabbed you in the back. God knows how difficult that is, and God says, you know what? I'm going to make it so that it's not just me loving all of you. I want to put a divine ability in you, because you can't do this in your own love. You can't do this, what we're telling you about today. You can't live this this way, in a human kind of love, you need something else. There's more. Say there's more. Romans 5, 5 says, for we know how dearly God loves us. This is how you know he loves you because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Man, let that sink in, please. You're not doing this on your own. 
1 John 4.19 says, lets us know we love each other because he loved us first. Here's what all this means. It means that you're not alone. There's a divine ability inside of you. God wants to produce a divine filter, a divine lens that you look at that person that you can't stand or you even hate or you, you loathe uh, or you, you, you at one time wish to God they wouldn't be around any longer and, and just, right, might even plan their demise. And suddenly there's just this new filter, this new lens that we don't look at people that different way any longer. Our love has limits, but God's love has none. Amen. Let's talk about three things real quick on how, what you can expect when you decide to love completely. If you'll make the decision today, like we did last week about living passionately, if you'll make the decision today to love completely, number one, here's what happens. Matures you. Loving completely in that decision matures you. 1 Corinthians 14, 20 says, My friends, stop thinking like children. Think like mature people. And that's a mouthful right there. Children only think of themselves. Grown-ups are supposed to think of others. So are you a child or are you a grown-up? Are you a child in a 30-year-old body? Are you a child in a 60-year-old body? Right? Are, are, are you getting older but not maturing? Hmm getting quiet in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> I have nothing against Presbyterians, trust me. Amen. Philippians 2.4 says, don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. Also, yeah, we, we all are concerned about the things that matter to us. But along with that, understand also, you should be thinking about the interests of others. Amen. Of course, it's a difficult mental shift to, 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 to get beyond the natural self-absorption of who we are in the 21st century. Love is something that grows in us, though, and that's why love is a lifelong pursuit. The New Testament describes it as a fruit, meaning that, that there are growth cycles. It grows in us. It might grow in one area more than another. And so while, while it's ripe over here, this fruit, it might be green and bitter over here. But there's a growth cycle, and we grow in this, and we become better at loving because we're committed to love. Love matures us. Selfishness is very shallow. That's why it's very short-lived. Enjoy whatever momentary pleasure you get out of it because it has no lasting value. Selfishness has a thousand faces, as they say, because it can manifest anywhere. It never looks the same. If it did, we could all nail it to the, that selfishness. But oftentimes it, it's, it's clothed and, and, and looking like something else when, in fact, the motive of it is selfish. It looks like you care about me, but, but you want something from me eventually. You want to help me, but you know you're, I'm going to owe you. I hate owing people, right? And then... And, and that whole aspect. And that's, that's not God's love. Love completely is the only thing that truly fills the human heart and gives us perpetual reward in our lives. 1 John 4, 17. God is love. When we take, when we take up permanent residence in a life of love, wow, we live in God and God lives in us. This way, love has the run of the house. Man, we, it, it owns us. 
becomes at home and matures in us so that we're free of worry on, the ju on judgment day, our standing in the world is identical with Christ. When we, love, when we allow His love to run full course inside of us, it matures us, it completes us, amen. And the way you know you're beginning to grow up spiritually is that you have a desire and the ability to love others. It's not just a desire. You know something's changing in you when you desire to love someone. And then, then something else happens, and the ability. You think, wow, I can actually do that. And I enjoyed it. And we start out small, and God gives us more responsibility along the way. But the mature person loves even when they're not loved back. And, and this is how God operates. God, God sent his son not knowing. There was no guarantee that you and I would accept him. There's no guarantee that, that man would receive this gift. God, God didn't know. God, he didn't make us robots, right? We, we had to make this up our own minds ourselves. And, and so in that same way that he loved us to send his only son and Jesus came, not knowing if we'd accept that, that, that sacrifice, so we must do the same. Maturity is not in it for selfish reasons. Maturity doesn't love with strings attached. So number one, when you love completely, it matures you. Number two, it stretches you. It stretches you. Have you noticed how much we hate being stretched? You can't lie, you're in church, right? We don't like being stretched. It's uncomfortable. Amen. We don't want to go any further than we have to. We want to do just enough, right? Just enough. And the truth is when you love completely, God will take you where you've never been before. God will open up your eyes. God will open up your mind. God will open up your thoughts. He'll open you up and, and he'll begin to do what? He'll begin to stretch you. Love stretches you. It enables you to go beyond what you thought you could ever do. 1 Peter 4.8 says, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. Well, uh, the best way to translate that word deep love, that phrase deep love in the English would be that to love, our love is to be fervent and unfailing, which means this love doesn't give up. This love doesn't give in. It refuses to stay shallow. It always wants to go deeper and further. See, to grow in love and to love completely requires us to go to places that, that at one point we were either unwilling to go or unable to go. We all have areas of our lives that we're just unwilling to go there. I'm unwilling to consider forgiving you. I'm unwilling to forgive, uh, to, to, to even pray for you or bless you from afar. I'm unwilling to do that. Uh, we're done with you. Or you're just unable. You think, how do I do that? I know it's probably right to do, but I don't have the ability to do that. I've never been taught. I've never been told this kind of truth. And so oftentimes you're here today and, and there are areas where you're unwilling to go and your areas that you're unable to go. Well, the good news is God's love wants to stretch you and equip you and help you because by nature, selfishness makes you rigid. It makes you stiff. It makes you stuck and, and your own interest, you know, me, myself, and I, right? The big I, inflexible, indifferent, intolerant. Meet people like that all the time. But to love completely stretches you beyond the barriers of your comfort zone, stretches you to love someone who you feel at one point in time didn't deserve it. So God's love stretches us more and more. 
See, it happens when you give your life to Christ. Stretch. It happens when you decide to join the local church. Stretch. It happens when you decide to tithe, to give a dime on every dollar to God. What is that? Stretch. It happens when you get married. Stretch. It happens when you have kids. Stretch. It happens when you make friends and you want to open up your heart to someone else and, and have a buddy and, and have, a, have someone you can count on. What is that? That's stretch, right? It happens when you decide, I'm not going to live average. I'm not going to be ordinary. I want to live exceptional. I want to be above average. I want to walk in excellence. You know what that means? That means, say it with me, stretch. Yes, stretch. God wants to stretch you because he knows you're made for more. He knows you'll sell yourself short. He knows other people sell yourself short. Other people speak words over you and define you by your past and define you by your history instead of your destiny. Right? Stretch. Amen. It's imperative that we are willing to stretch. Tell your neighbor, it's time to stretch. Come on, tell somebody else, it's time to stretch. See, you can't grow without being stretched. You, you won't like it, but let patience have her perfect work. Don't stop. Don't let up. It's worth it. Amen. Work it out. Stick it out. You'll be glad you did. Make a decision to love completely. You know what has to happen? It's, it's going to what? It's going to mature you. It's going to stretch you. And number three, it's going to enlarge you. It enlarges you. See, love matures you, stretches you for what reason? So you can handle more. See, God's a God of increase. God's over the top. God's more than enough. So that means there's more for you to enjoy than you're enjoying right now. How many would agree there's more for waiting for you? Of course you'd agree with that. The rest of you are maybe a little lazier than you should be and not wanting to raise your hand today. But you know what? There's more for me. As much as I'm walking in, there's more for me. As much as I know, there's more for me. The amount of money I make, there's more for me. The amount of wisdom I have, there's more for me. The amount of friends I have, there are more for me. Come on. There's more influence. There's more anointing. There's more power. There's more glory. There's more miracles. There's more creativity. There's more ability. There, there's more in me. You've got to love yourself enough to believe there's more in me. And never define yourself because of one season. Don't define yourself for right now. There's more for you. There's a better version of you coming up. I tell people sometimes, if you don't like me, wait three months because I'm always changing. You're sitting there today saying, I don't like this guy. Well, I, I'm sorry. I, I wish you would because I'm a pretty nice guy when you get to know me, right? But if for some reason, if you don't like me, just wait a little bit because I'm always changing. There's more of me. There's more of me. I can love more. I can do better. I can, I can care for people more. There's more. Amen. But that's why we mature. That's why we're stretched so that we could have more. If right now you have a thimble, thimble, a, a thimble size uh, faith that, that that's all you have to fill it up, well, you could pray for five gallons, but if all you have is a thimble, 
You can pray all you want. So the thimble has to become a cup and then a, 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 a get bigger and bigger and bigger before what? Because you've got to stretch yourself so you can handle more. Stretch yourself so there's a bigger capacity. God wants to give us a bigger capacity. Then the capacity grows, more can be poured in. Right? Be faithful with your little and you'll make you what? Ruler over much. You got to start with your little. You got a thimble, man, rock your thimble. Right? Your cup, you rock your cup. Right? You, you got a, a gallon, rock your gallon. Man, if you're five gallon, your truckload, your, your carrier, ship, you know, your, whatever size it is, rock it. Man, live it. Be who you are. Amen. But realize there's more. Tell your neighbor there's more. There is so much more available to you. Thank God for that today. Thank God for more. Amen. Thank God for that. Now listen. Um, uh, okay, stop that. I love iPads, but sometimes they just... Ah. All right, where am I? Okay, here we go. Now listen. Ephesians 3. Here's the verse I wanted to read. Ephesians 3, 13 through 19. And I pray that you firmly fixed in love yourselves, may be able to grasp how wide, deep, long, high is the love of Christ, and to know for yourself that love so far beyond comprehension. Wow. Ah, the magnificent, over-the-top love of God. We sang about it today. Right? It's, it's, it's extravagant. It's like, it's crazy. It's excessive. It's overwhelming, praise God. That love is there. It's meant to enlarge your thinking, enlarge your believing, enlarge your dreams, enlarge your sphere of influence, your circle of love, your heart for people, and especially people that are different than you. People have come here. Man, they've come here with all kind of baggage. Let me tell you something. If, if bigotry and prejudice and racism is your problem, keep coming here because look around. That's going to be one of the things that we can help you with. We can help you with that, right? We can help you with that. Whatever it is, whatever, whatever weakness, however small-mindedness, whatever is limiting you because oftentimes we base ourselves based on our limits, our fears, our anxieties, our worries, right? Our past failures instead of who we are in Christ, instead of what God's Word says about us. Amen. And so we have to understand, when you have small-mindedness, when small-mindedness is a problem in your life, here's what 2 Corinthians 6.11 says about that. Paul was talking to the Corinthians, and it could be just as easy talking to us. He says, Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide-open, spacious life. Hey, we're not your problem. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can with great affection. I'm not trying to hurt you. Open up your lives, live openly and expansively. Wow. To love completely means to enlarge your heart. Amen. When you enlarge your heart, guess what? You're more aware of what's around you. Right now, around you right now are people that are hurting people that are broken, 
People are overwhelmed by the debt they have and by the, 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 the imploding of their marriage and by the fact that their children are away from God or away from home and the fact that there are issues going on in their lives right now that there's no peace, they're confused, they don't know which way to turn. Do I take this job? Do I not? Do I buy this house or don't I? Do I go to school or don't I go to school? Do I spend this money or do I not? I mean, we're they're just confused. We're not sure. We're lost. And, and, and people right around us right now are dealing with life and death situations and and they're feeling guilt and shame because of their choices or the choices somebody else that they loved imposed on them. Amen. And so 1 John 3.18 says, My children, we should love people not only with words and talk, but by our actions and true caring. Wow. So you can't say you love God unless you're also obeying Him, fulfilling His mandates, living out His assignments, you can't say you love your wife and your children or your friends unless there's some corresponding action that goes along with it. Love is not, love is a verb. It's not just something that's an adjective that's expressive. It's a verb. It's an action word. For it to be real love, love isn't love till you do what with it? You got to give it away. Love isn't love till you give it away. Love hasn't been put in your heart for that place to stay. Love isn't love till you give it away. Finally, the way you spell love, how you spell it? Say it out loud. T-I-M-E, time. That's how you spell love. And I hear people say all the time, especially husbands or fathers, oh, what in the world is my, what more can I do? What does she want from me? I, I helped it. We, we bought this house. I'm working hard. I'm working overtime. I'm providing. We, these kids got all the toys they want. What in the world? What more can I do? Husbands, dads, they want you. They want you. And the point of bringing this up today is if you knew you had 30 days to live, you'd make the most of your time. Why? Because people leave us. Circumstances change. Kids grow up. And they want your time. They do. They want your time. Oh, the, the, the most desired gift, it's, it's not diamonds and roses and dark chocolate. Well, maybe dark chocolate. Uh, <laughs> they want your focused time. That's what matters most. Amen. See, Attention, when you have an attention to people, you're saying, I value you enough to give you the most precious commodity that I own, time. If, you're never, if you've never really loved, you've never really lived. Because loving and being loved is what makes life worth living. Remember our one big takeaway? The day you stop loving is the day you stop living. Live. Life is all about love. The day you stopped loving. When was the day you stopped loving? Who made you stop loving? Who hurt you that bad that you stopped loving? What circumstance happened in your life where you said, I'm done? Done with God? Done with people? Done with men? Done with women? done with friends, done with leaders, politicians, 
what happened? Oftentimes we have to go back and revisit that, as painful as that is. Let me tell you something. Don't you dare let another day go by that you let that old ex-husband, the jerk that he was, make you stop loving. That controlling, manipulating woman that just had you in a tizzy and blew your mind by how she treated you and your kids or your family or, or what she did. Don't let her have the joy of knowing that because of her, you stopped living. I hear loud and clear in my spirit today. I hear the Lord saying, it's time to live again. Hear it. It's time to live again. Shout it from the mountaintop. Shout it from the rooftop. Listen clear. Put your spiritual ears on today. Open up your soul. It's time to live again. You thought, man, I was going to stop loving to protect myself. And you didn't know the other thing that would happen is you would stop living. We didn't sign up for that. You got enough about you that you want to live life. But the day you stop loving, is the day you stop living. You might not ever love that man or that woman like you once did, but you can love him in the love of the Lord. You don't have to go out to lunch with him, hang out with him. You don't have to even be with him on holidays. I mean, you don't even have to be around that person, but you got to make up your mind. I'm not going to let him or her or them. That past church, those, those people that judged me, those people that, that, that said those things that weren't true about me, you can allow the love of God to pursue you today. If I had a fourth point today, it would be when you love completely, God's love pursues you. He's pursuing you right now. Right? He's pursuing you right now. And I'm so grateful for that today. Praise and worship team, where are you? Let's stand to our feet. Sing that last worship song of a little bit, Seth, please. I want you to open up your heart today because there's a reckless love that's after you today. There's a reckless love of God that's after you. He's pursuing you. He's not going to let you go. He's going to break down some walls, right? He's going to take away all the shadows. He's going to do some things and, and open up life because he wants all of you. He doesn't want you to stop living. He wants you to come alive today. Amen. You need to say it. It's time for me to come alive today. There's more. There's more. There's more life to live. Raise those hands towards heaven, everybody. If you're not comfortable, that's fine. But, but man, just stretch yourself for a little bit and raise those hands towards heaven. The universal sign of surrender. The truth be told, before you can love completely, let God love you completely. Before I can love completely, I need to let God love me. That means i got to open up my heart. He's not going to knock it down. He's not going to kick it open. He, he longs for you to say, come on in. I don't know how this is all going to work, but I need you, Jesus. He pursues you. There's no doubt about it, but you got to be willing to say, I'm ready to receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and as my Savior. Let love Come into your heart today. If you don't know him as Lord and Savior, 
you need an invasion of love, God's love will come into your heart. He'll forgive you from your sin. He'll give you the gift of salvation. He'll change you from the inside out, give you a brand new start today because that's the kind of God we serve. Jesus said it best. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Come to Jesus today. You're in the sanctuary joining us online. Come to Jesus today. Pastor, I need this Jesus. Pray for me. I need an invasion of love. I need my sins forgiven. If that's you, I don't want to embarrass you or I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I just want you to acknowledge that's you so I'll know who to pray for today. So you raise your hand nice and high. Say, Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus today. I'm ready. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I see it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Awesome. Over here, thank you in the middle. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sir, I see it. Thank you. God bless you. Who else? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Good for you, ma'am. Thank you. I see it. Who else? Raise it up high today. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Wonderful. I love it. Wow. Come on. Anybody else? I, I just need Jesus, Pastor. I'm ready. I've never asked him to come into my heart. and Today's my day. I want to start this relationship. I'm not asking you to join your national family church. I'm not asking you to go to church. I'm not asking you for any religious duties. I'm, this is not about religion. It's not about church. It's about a relationship with Jesus who proved his love for you by coming to this earth and dying. He didn't deserve to die. I deserve to die. You deserve to die because of your sin. But Jesus said, I'll do it for you. I'll take on the burden of sin, destroy it, and give you righteousness, give you forgiveness, and give you freedom. That's some amazing, that's reckless love. Anybody else before I pray? Raise it up high. Thank you. God bless you. Good for you. Online, open up your heart, please. Anybody else? Quite a few hands. Wonderful. Yeah, thank you, sir. God bless you. Let's pray this prayer together. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. I need you, Jesus. I need your love, Father. I can't do this by myself. Jesus, forgive me from my sin. Come into my heart. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I declare you as my Lord, my Master. I receive by faith the gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life. I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You've just listened to part two in our series, One Month to Live. I want to leave you with these questions to think about. What or who drains your passion? Have you created enough God space in your day? If not, what needs to change? If it's true that your friends are the future you, do your friends set you up for future success? If not, what needs to change? Here's a final statement that really challenges me and I hope it challenges you. Don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Thank you for listening today. You have a great week. God bless you.